On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by Boston Herald reporter and the co-host of Quicksands, Megan Audelini. We talk about uh, the horrible week that was last week, looking forward to San Francisco, and also uh, a little bit of Halloween talk there at the end. Uh, it's, a, it's a great conversation. We also start with some interesting news from last week, uh, a little goings on on the podcast. So it's a little, little few things to talk about, things to talk about, kind of exciting. So it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's are back and uh i'll tell you what last weekend tough weekend for the patriots but uh hell of a weekend for you my friend yeah it was crazy dude and and like i called you right away and and you know me and people out there that listen like i've and pat you've known before like i've had i've had some scoops and and some stuff before sometimes i was dead wrong sometimes i was right but i've i've stayed quiet just because sources twitter and and you know going out there putting your life like your credibility and then like your life on the line in terms of twitter is is dangerous it's a sketchy sketchy road right so i was you know extremely confident a hundred percent certain that's why i said you know what screw it i'm gonna go ahead with it i called you right away um they were still at the facility Devin McCord, Jason McCordy, I think was on WEI at the time. Everything was cool. Everything was good. I started getting a little nervous. You started getting a little nervous. I think you were sweating that one out for me. Um, oh, yeah. And then I have to give you a, a, a virtual hug because you were fighting battles for all the people that doubted me on, on Friday. And, and, and to be honest, I bookmarked a lot of them and I went out and had a little fun that night. Not because of that. I had it planned obviously, but I was like, you know what, maybe I'll have a couple of drinks and, 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 you know, go look back at my bookmarks, but thankfully I forgot because a lot of people would have been, uh, would have been attacked by me, but Pat, Pat took the reins for that. So I appreciate it. Hey man, it was great. And for those of you that don't know, for those of you that don't, maybe don't follow us on Twitter, uh, Spags was the, was the, the guy who broke the COVID news, uh, which is pretty exciting. Pretty cool, man. You know, he came out with it. He had it, uh, believe around, around 11 o'clock and yep. Reese yep. tweeted it out at 1230. Mike Reese still hasn't given him credit for having it first, but you know, and, nevertheless. And I want to talk I about that too say, for a second. Yeah. And do not it, to yeah. cut you off, but like, so long story short, and, and it's cool because people know our relationship, but Fitzy, who everybody knows is obviously on WEI in the mornings, kind of fills in here and there on some shows. Um, you know, he had texted me because we, we have a relationship from my time at EEI when I interned there. And he was like, you know, how certain are you in this? And I was like, I'm 100 percent certain. Um, you know me. I've never I've never really done this before. I stay quiet, but I'm not going to put something out there that I'm not, you know, 100 percent certain. in. And, and he was like, OK, we're going to do some digging. And then, um, you know, he had said, hey, listen, my boss is going to do some do some digging work with Schefter. 
and he's going to, you know, call internally and, and give the proper credit. So I remember I called you, I was like, Holy shit, man. Like I could get a credit here from Adam Schefter. That that's so that's, you made it if you get it that right. And, yeah. um, he had texted me back and said, good job. Something's going on. And uh, that's when I kind of said, okay, I got his word. We're, we're okay here. And then the report came out and they said Perfield Yates and Mike Reese, which like I thought was just so, I don't know. I, and I know it's a tough business and I don't want to necessarily call anybody out, but the fact is he knew that I had it. He called because they did some digging said, you know, per me, this is what he's hearing. Can you confirm? And he didn't go ahead. And, and, so he knew my name, put it that way. Adam Schefter knew my name. He knows my name now and, and still didn't go forward with it. I don't really right. blame Reese because I'm sure Schefter told Reese being the ESPN reporter for the Patriots and probably just didn't mention my name. So I'm going to blame Adam Schefter. Well, there you go. Hey, but. might as well throw the blame on someone. And you know what? At a certain point, right, with Schefter, it's not like he's not going to take Reese's report and be like, hey, this was reported by Spags. That ain't happening, you know? So, but I will say I was really happy with a lot of the other beat guys. I think Doug Kide with, you know, credited you with it. I think Lazar did. There's a bunch of guys that w- that came out and and kind of said, "Hey, you know, Spag said this first. Like, nice work." So yeah, a lot of them. That was cool, you know, which is cool. And look, you know, and then people are like, "Well, what does it matter who breaks it and this and that?" It's like, well, if it didn't matter, you wouldn't have Adam Schefter and Woj and Mike Reese and all and and Field Yates, and they, they wouldn't have the bookmark, right? So it's like I have those guys bookmarked because they get the news. Like those are the guys that I get for my for my sports news. Like they have it first, so I get it from them. That's why they're bookmarked. So like, don't tell me it doesn't matter. It it one hundred percent matters who has it first, right? So it's like that's the whole game. That's what the game is now is having it first. So you know that that part of it is like, yeah, okay. At the end of the day, does it really matter? No, but it kind of does. At the same time, it's like you know you don't get a ton of scoops, and when you get one. Yeah, you want to give people credit where it's due, you know. For so sure. no, look, and I will say the local the local media, a lot of the beat writers, like you said, uh, were very good. Uh, you know, ninety eight five threw my name out there. A lot of a lot. Wei was, uh, and then all the beat writers um, kind of gave me the credit. So it, which was which was nice to see, right? It's it's some good yeah. uh, PR, and, and obviously got a lot of traction, which I I you know I truly appreciate. Yeah, which is great. It was fun, and I'll tell you what, it's it's a funny story because. I, um, so I have, I teach, I teach middle school math, as you guys know, well, maybe no. And, um, I have my break and my, my third class, my last class of the day starts at 1235 and well, 1234 is when it starts. And so like, um, you know, and we're virtual right now. So I'm like virtually, I'm in, um, in my basement working this and that. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden my phone comes up and it's like Mike Reese. And he's like, he has the report. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm now I'm on my students. Literally, I, I'm like about to take attendance. And I'm like, uh, I'm like freaking out. I'm texting Spags. Like, cause I, and I'm like, this is crazy. It's like, it's true. It happened. You know, like we got it, you know? And, um, and it was just, it was so funny, dude. And, and I just said to my kids, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, uh, my buddy like broke some big news on Twitter. I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a little like all over the place right now. Like, just give me a second. It was just kind of funny. Like it just, it just so happened at like the exact moment. Like I had, I had like a full hour where it could have happened and it didn't. And I was like, come on. Like, you know, they waited until like the exact moment that school started. But, uh, but anyways, it was just, it was just kind of funny. So, but it was, it was really, um, really an awesome thing to be a part of um yeah, for and sure. to see that happen and i was so happy for you to, to get it you know what i mean and to, oh, and to yeah, like have was, that it was, it was so dope, relieving because you know? it's one of those things and i said it to you a million times i hope i'm right 
but at the same time, hope I'm wrong too, because like right. given the situation, then it was Friday. You, we, and to be, uh, for the record, I did have Sonny Michelle, right. And I did have, um, James Ferentz, but I did not have the others, the, the Mason and the, and the, but I didn't tweet any names. I didn't want to, you know, kind of go down that road, but, right. um, you know, like I said, it was, um, it was one of those things because it's like Friday. It's like shit. Like they play in two days. I hope this isn't true, but at the same time I put it out there. I want it to be true, you know? Right. Right. And that, you know, and that's, so that's kind of the, the game you play and, and it's interesting. So it's fascinating. And so Spags keyed in, keyed in. We got Patriots, uh, official Patriots insider on the now, podcast. Now I can kind of get that term. We'll, we'll see next time if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, you know, but Hey, Hey, you got one more than me. Well, that's not true. I like semi broke the James Harrison news three years ago i do remember that yep <laughs> that he, I, I didn't really break it but i like semi broke it i think someone else had it too at the same time i had it i think we i tweeted out like a minute before someone else did but like i just happened to get like a i heard like an inside thing that oh, maybe this guy's coming and this and that and i wasn't 100 percent. whatever it was a whole story but anyways it was just it was kind of interesting so um but yeah no that wasn't like sources are telling me like i was just like oh i think i have this but whatever so Anyways, it was uh, it was it was a heck of a Friday. It was it was pretty cool. And of course, you know, the podcast comes out on Friday, and then you know, just after this happens, yep. and you're like, oh my god! I was like, Spags, the first thing you need to do is tweet out the link to the podcast. <laughs> like, we did though. We we got. I'm so sure that's it. Went up that day. Yep. So, but anyways, hey, like I said, we got a real insider here. So, speaking of real insiders, uh, we have a great guest on the show this week. You guys all know what happened last week. You know, clown face lane over here didn't hit the record button. And uh, Megan Onalini was so nice to come back on and talk with us. We had a great conversation. Another great conversation. We had a great conversation conversation with the last time that only the three of us heard. Um, but this is a great conversation that all of you are going to hear as well. Um, you know, she's just, she's really good at what she does, right? She's obviously a reporter for the Herald. And maybe you've seen some of her videos on Twitter or, you know, uh, online. or And you've seen some of her articles on the Herald. Or you've seen her on Quick Slants with Tommy Curran. Um, but she's just very good at what she does, super personable, incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, and just, you know, like I said, man, for her to, you know, for her to respond the way she did to, to my mistake, I thought was so, you know, just had so much class and was like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll set something up. And she was trying to schedule something last week for us to get it in last week. And we were like, no, let's push it to the next week. And, but she, you know, it was, I can't, I can't say enough about you know how good she was in dealing with it and uh, true and professional how, for you know, sure how impressed true professional 100% absolutely for sure so anyways it's a great conversation with Megan uh with a lot of things to talk about this week a lot of things to talk about a lot of things up in the air and uh I said it with her and I'll say it again this is the biggest game of the season coming up because if it you is. lose this game next weekend becomes an absolute must when you win this game and you lose next week to Buffalo. It's not good, of course. You want to beat Buffalo, but you're at least still in it. You lose this week and next week, and you're screwed. So, uh, but anyways, it's a great conversation with Megan. We appreciate you guys listening as always, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, hopefully now breaking down another Patriots win for the second time. Megan Ottolini, she is from the Herald, uh, reporter from the Herald, and also the co-host of Quick Slants on NBC Sports Boston. Just the most patient, amazing person. I completely screwed up, as you guys know, last week, and Megan was so gracious to come on again this week and talk to us. Megan, thank you so much for coming. We're excited to talk to you again, and this time, actually have it recorded. 
Thank you so much for that intro. I don't know, I can probably count on one hand uh, how many times I've been called patient, in my, <laughs> at least in my personal life. <laughs> yeah, well, we well, thank you for coming on. That was that was a good story. We obviously had a good laugh about it. But I, like I said, I think we have a better conversation now just because last week was, it was, you know, just a boring time of year. You know, obviously the bye week happens kind of, not planned and COVID and it was just kind of a whole lot. And we didn't know who was going to play if they were going to play. Uh, but now we have a game to, to kind of talk about last week. Wasn't pretty. And then obviously upcoming this week, Jimmy G comes to town. Yeah. I think we were all pretty sick of talking about COVID <laughs> talking about the testing and the dinner or the, did the dinner not happen? So it's much more fun to talk about football. You got that right. So now uh, let's talk about, let's talk about football a little bit. And, uh, man, I mean, it doesn't get much uglier than it got Sunday. You know, you lose this is Belichick's first time ever in his, in his career with the Patriots losing without giving up a touchdown. Uh, that never happened before. I think it's his second, only his second time ever losing to a first or second year starting quarterback. Um, of course the other one was uh, Colin Kaepernick, um, back in 2013, 12, 12 was it really? 2012. I thought it was, uh, see, I knew this, it was 37 and one going in. And to yeah. be honest, I thought it was Joe Flacco just because he holds every record, it seems like, against Belichick. The crazy ones, the, like the one or two losses he does, this year. Yeah. I think you just assume it's Flacco. But I think right. the regular season, I think Flacco did beat him in the playoffs and Sanchez okay. beat him in the playoffs too. So I think, but I think that's just regular season wise because uh, I'm pretty for, I'm pretty sure Flacco and Sanchez both beat him, if okay. not in their first season, certainly in their second season. But either way, they play, I mean, I, we have to assume, right, Megan, that it's it can't get any worse than it got on Sunday, right? I, mean, I hope, hope right? not. <laughs> I mean, I really hope not. It it looked it was competing with the half that we saw, or a little more than a half that we saw with Brian Hoyer, except that yeah. you know the defense was great in that game. In this game, I almost think the defense they they held the Broncos without a touchdown, but they also let them march down into the red zone. <laughs> on pretty much every possession until the fourth quarter. Um, right. So it was ugly on both sides up until the fourth quarter. And even then, it was like, it was so too little, too late. It was tough to watch. See, from, and from watching from home, um, and obviously that's why it's good we get a little few days to record here. Watching from home, I, I just had assumed it was a whole lot of last year, what we saw, right? Receivers lacking separation. They're slow. They can't move the ball downfield. And, and it, you know, I think in part of that, it, it that does affect them. They're still having the same problems that they did last year, but it was more on the quarterback. And I think we got so used to just like it's everybody but the quarterback because that's how it was for 20 years that like it's okay now to point the finger at the quarterback that he wasn't good. He didn't get rid of the ball. His feet were off. Um, he just looked like we'd assume we, we talked about last week. Would there be rust with him? And there was rust all from, from the first quarter on to the first play to obviously the last play. It was uh, yeah, it was, it was it a was, very tough game from Cam. It was really strange from Cam. I mean, it was kind of like thinking back to the summer, the worst of what we would expect from him, right? Like, which Cam Newton are we going to get? Are we going to get the very explosive, unpredictable guy who can sling the ball and run? Or are we going to get somebody whose mechanics are maybe, you know, on a downturn in his career and he's making some mental errors and not seeing the field correctly. And that's the cam that we got, which was so disappointing to me. It's so, cause it's just like the air coming out of the balloon 
And I don't know how much of that was due to we, we've been talking about practice endlessly, right? Like it's like the Alan yeah. Iverson <laughs> bit of practice, practice, practice. Um, but we also have to remember like he still doesn't totally know this team that well, right? We, we talk about like knowing the offense, but he also doesn't know his weapons that well. They barely – they had a very small camp. They had no mini camp. He came in in July, um, and he's played – four games at this point, right? So it yeah. was it was not a good day for him. Well, right. And I think I think big picture wise, when you look at it and and I I hesitate, right, to to look too much into it, right? Because we've seen some explosion from him. We've seen him throw the ball very well against Seattle. And then really not so much in the other three games. Now in Miami, they didn't really throw it at all. And I think that, that was a lot of we're going to protect it and run it. But against, you know, uh, Denver, and I had said on the podcast last week, which no one heard, um, that that I thought they were going to try to run that same type of thing with Miami where they ran it and 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 then threw it every now and again. And so, Yeah, you know, and Denver looked pretty <laughs> prepared for that, right? Like, they looked like they had been absolutely. preparing for that for two weeks. 100%. And I think, I think at the very least – if I'm another team and I watch what Denver did, I'm going to blitz them on every single play. I'm going to blitz Cam Newton on every single play because if they don't run the ball, he's not getting rid of it quickly. He's holding the ball in the backfield. So if worse comes to worst, okay, fine. They run a read option. Great. Well, there's two guys in the backfield. It's dead, right? Or you don't run a read option. Right. You throw a pass. Well, now he's holding the ball too long and you get a sack. And so until he shows you he can beat it, and that's if I'm San Francisco and you know we know – we know what their defense is capable of, and of course they have a ton, ton of injuries over there. But you know, you know what their their coaching staff is capable of. I expect them to come out and pressure the hell out of the Patriots. And you got to assume the Patriots got to look at it and think this is what's coming. You know, like you have to assume that this is what's coming, and it's going to come until they can beat it. Yeah, I thought that that was something that jumped out at me immediately with Cam's play, and he started in the second half, like you said. Um, the waiting too long, it was like, it was painful to watch. It was something where I was like wringing my hands in the press box. Cause it's like, just like, you know, you could see yeah. those players, the guys open downfield and it's like either just, you know, if it's not there for you, if you don't see that, then get rid of it. I mean, Brady was like the king of, you know, getting rid of the ball when, when yep. the stack is coming and he just looked like, I don't know what he was locked in on. The timing was all off. And I felt like in the second half, he did start for a little while to release the ball quicker and was having a lot more success that way. He looked, started looking more confident. Um, and then, like, we had, you know, some of those picks were not completely on him, but there was a point in the fourth quarter where I, I know you guys are like the Stidham gang. So <laughs> I didn't check if you if you started the call for Jared no. Stidham, but no, I was we like, didn't. Okay. We held that's off. a dangerous, dangerous <laughs> line to walk. As we we've learned the hard way, yeah. it's very dangerous. Okay, you can't I even say his name your anymore. Restraint. Yeah. <laughs> I re I respect your restraint then, because I saw that a couple times, and I was like, come on, guys, you know, yeah. it's it's one it's, crappy game. Right. Exactly. But we'll see. I mean. I think this is this is a turning point. So to me, this game, in my opinion, this game is the biggest game of the season. And I know technically next week is the biggest game of the season. <laughs> but I think that this week becomes bigger because of next week. Because if you lose this week, 
if you lose to them this week, the Jet, the Bills are playing the Jets. I mean, Josh Allen could get hurt, and I could go in at quarterback for the Bills, and we'd beat the Jets. So, like, I, you know, that's gonna that's gonna happen. They're gonna win. So you know they're gonna win. They just lost two straight. Fine, but they're gonna be five and two. With Patriots lose, they're gonna be two and four. If you right. go into Buffalo and lose, you're two and five. They're six and two, and the division is over. You you can't. I mean, you can win the division if they can pull a you know a, a, a what two thousand or nineteen ninety nine Patriots and start out six and two and finish two and six. But chances are, realistically, right, they're gonna win the division and you're not. And at that point, and I know two just went in for Miami, so. Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen there? But like, at that point, you're fighting for the even the opportunity to get that seventh spot, and then now you're starting to look at it like we're two and five. Our season's kind of over at that point, you know. Like, and and so and now have, it's like, and then you have Baltimore, huge, right? And so they, right, it's not right. like your schedule gets any easier. So that's the thing for me is that this week become is super important because although next week is the most important week of the season, if you lose this week. Next week, it decides whether you're in it or not anymore at all, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if this game – I agree that this game is bigger now because the the Buffalo game has been looming on the horizon since week one. I think we've all had that circled on our schedules right. as just a super fun matchup. Um, but I agree this game is a lot bigger, and I think that they just have – they have a lot to prove this game. It's weird. It's really strange, I think, how it seems like we've gotten a pretty different team every game. And I know that that's right. kind of like a Belichick McDaniels thing is, is you're going to, you, you don't, you won't, you don't want to be a predictable offense, but it's also like, you know, players look radically different. There is, there is the game against the Seahawks where the whiteouts and tight ends look great. And then it comes to light just how bad um you know that defense is yeah but it's like cam looks really different each game i don't really i i don't that the secondary different guys seem to be stepping up each week and other guys really fading it's i don't know i i'm not articulating this well right now but it's just a really strange dynamic week to week right now it is. It is. And I mean, obviously they have, you know, the practice. Uh, that's an excuse, I guess, to an extent, right? Like they're professionals. They they took part in, in virtual meetings. But I think when you look at the team this year, I know they have, you know, they're veteran heavy at some points, primarily on the defense. But when you look at the offense, it, there's a lot of new pieces there, right? Like Edelman's the longest tenured guy on that offense. Uh, you have a new quarterback. I mean, you didn't have your your starting. You were missing Shaq Mason, David Andrews, Illuminor went out early, and then you have guys like Demir Bird and and Devin Asiasi and Nikhil Harry, who's uh, technically still a rookie. I mean, we haven't seen anything from him, but he's not. He, he hasn't been here for a while, right? So those guys benefit from practice week to week, right? Like I, I would be interested to see how it goes this week. Uh, when they do have a full week of preparation, they can kind of get back to the basics and, and go from there. Yeah, and the thing about the whole practice, people saying that that's an excuse, um, I mean, there's there's excuses and then there's also explanations, right? Exactly. <laughs> like like if, yeah. you're, if you're late to a meeting, um, an important meeting, and you get there and it's like, well, there was a lot of traffic, it's like, well, that's something you probably could have prepared for and that's an excuse and that's your boss is probably going to be pretty pissed at you. But if you say, 
you know, there was a massive fire in the Ted Williams tunnel. And so all traffic was shut down for an hour. And like, now we're diverted to a completely different highway system. And it's a complete, you know, I don't know, just a complete mess, then that's a little bit more of an explanation. Right. And I think that's a little bit more of what we dealt with here. I agree with you. And the thing is, right, and and I did it too with Tennessee, and I compared them to Tennessee and said, you know, Tennessee didn't need practice. But the thing is, is that you're looking at a new quarterback. Well, and apparently they did need practice. Because well, you're they right. did it. <laughs> they had uh, not according, not like, according to the NFL. The NFL said they did nothing oh, wrong. Yeah. There was they did nothing wrong whatsoever. They would they followed all the rules. They were totally compliant. That's what the NFL well, we says. We know now. that their their investigations are you know up there with the FBI. So I oh, totally believe goodness. all of that. Ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. But so and the thing is this right? I think I think what it comes back to is you know. You get you have a new quarterback in a new system that's still trying to get, you know, everyone on on the same page. And of course you have Nikio and everyone else, but like it's interesting. So it is interesting. Maybe, maybe they should have started Stidham. It's a dope shirt, by the way, Spag. This is gonna stick on. Oh no. Not not a jersey. It's it's a t shirt. Okay. It's a t shirt. It's a jersey. They sell t shirts now with all Cam Newton's famous nicknames, and I just happen to get a, a Jared Cinema. It, it comes to a point now where people are like, dude, like, what is, like, why are you, like, wh- what's up with you and Cinema? Like, what is, like, I don't know. I've never seen you hype up a fourth round pick with zero action, like, zero action before. And I, it just gets to a point now where I'm just like, yeah, like, we're, we're good friends. Like, we played Pop Warner together. And they're like, really? He's from, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it's just like, I want to be right about him. That's, that's, it's just my pride that I, that I, we did. We with. took a, we yep. took a pretty hard stance in the off season that Stidham was the guy and, and we declared it pretty firmly. And then, you know, it's of course ended up, you know, not so just good. like everything in 2020 just didn't go That's as the way planned. It goes. Exactly. No. So. Well, I mean, you can, I mean, as I'm sure you've had the conversation before about why it would be more convenient in a lot of ways that Stidham was the guy, but clearly the coaching right. staff doesn't think so right now. I and mean, listen, well, I, like, and, and Cam Newton is the best option for them to win. I mean, just look at his skill set. And like what you saw on Sunday, like if you put him in there this year, like now I understand, like it's like, you know, it's, this would have been a recipe for disaster. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would have been, I don't think your boy would be that happy if he was a, uh, QB one so. right now, or fighting back and forth with Hoyer for that position. I mean, that would be a true nightmare. What we have right now is still like a little bit of hope on the horizon that uh, we'll have an interesting season and it won't just turn into a wash. I also am really interested because in my adult life, um, honestly, the teams on the field haven't had the Patriots haven't had to deal with a ton of adversity outside of um injuries and then the crazy shit that they do with (laughs) that they get into with the league you know with the various different gates um but on the field you know you talk about having sitting there with a losing record five games into the season and how awful that is for for patriots fans and i was like i was saying to current on tuesday like welcome to the nfl this is Right. Like sometimes you you don't totally you you don't start your season off five and one or six and one or like last year eight sure. and zero oh. like this is this is what it is and I think 
to be talking about like, well, we shouldn't even look at trades for anybody. This is a wash. We should be, you know, we shouldn't give away any picks or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you saw how the draft has worked out in the last two years for the Patriots. So I don't know why you're so married to those picks, but um, I'm just so, going off on a tangent now. But I think that's that okay. Ranch, you go. Just go. Me, that's it. The overreaction to me is for having this losing record after everything that the team has been through over the last two weeks is just bonkers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And you know, what's the first time they've had a losing record in the month of October since 2002. I mean, that's insane. Like when you look at, when you look at all the, all the stuff that Belichick has and everything else, like they've just always been so consistently good for so long. And you're right. It's not. And, and it's funny because I was talking to uh, when we had the Chiefs guy on, you know, uh, the Chiefs are in the position the Patriots are in right now. Whereas the Chiefs are like, dude, who gives a crap about the freaking regular season? Who cares? The season starts in January. Like, we, like, sure, right. fine. Regular season. Okay. Maybe we'll go 11 and five. Maybe we'll go 12 and four. Maybe we'll go 13 and three. Like, whatever. Like, fine. We'll see you in January. Like, that's what we're worried about. If we get to the AFC Championship game and lose, we're all going to be pissed, you know? And, and like, that was the mentality for 20 years. And so now right. it's like we're two and three. And there are serious questions about us winning the next two games. And it's like, all of a sudden, this, this season can get out of hand really quickly. And people are like, uh, this team sucks and Bill's the worst and fire Belichick. And it's like, wait a second, guys. Like, hold on. Like, this is, well, this is like envision, you said, this is life in the NFL. I can't envision the cause for firing Belichick coming up during one season after the resume that he's built up here. But I am super curious to see just how he and the rest of the staff deal with if they lose this week. Um, yeah. You obviously don't listen to how they five. handle the rest of the season. Cause I just don't see them, you know, even in the game against the Broncos, they never rolled over. You know, we've seen right. teams completely roll over and say like, F this, you know, we want to go home. This is, this is terrible. We're going to lose this game. Like they were trying to win the game. They weren't doing well, but they were trying to win the game up until, you know, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. And I wonder if as the season rolls along, if they're just going to scratch and claw and try, you know, if we're going to be having this conversation a few weeks from now and say like, well, we're not really sure if this team sucks or not, but you know, right. like we, we don't yeah. really know how far they're going to go. Cause I think a lot of it is going to depend on the brain power there. That's a good point. It's a really yeah. good point. It's just, like I said, it's just such a week to week thing. Like week one, they looked, you know, it was what we'd expected, right? It was Miami at the time. They were great on defense. The offense were okay. You know, they had some bright spots. They ran the football. Well, they're going to get better. Seattle, they're one yard away. We're like, Holy shit, this team can, can compete for the AFC. They can push the Chiefs, you know. And then, and then, what? Uh, week three. I'm Blow losing my Raiders. mind here. Blow out the Raiders. Blow out the Raiders. Defense dominates. Offense was eh, but it was good at spurts, kind of like what we saw last year. Week four, the COVID scare. They get a free pass. You know, COVID comes, and then you know, 
last weekend was just like, ooh, like they're not they're not trending in the right direction. It's just like a week to week. Feel- like they could this week they could blow out the Niners and everyone would be like, oh, you know, they, they just need to practice. They're back. Right. They're gonna push the Chiefs yeah. again. They the Ravens. That's a big game. They'll beat the Bills and then they'll you know lose to the Bills and it'll just be like the same <laughs> thing. It's just that's what it is around here. But it's just like it's so weird because we just don't expect anything from this team. Like, we don't have any expectations, I guess. It was just such a weird year. I'm curious. I feel like from what the what we've seen that the team that we're most likely to have for the rest of the season is the Oakland. I mean, sorry, I keep – I will always call them the Oakland Raiders, and it drives totally me crazy. Fine. Do it. Just, <laughs> stay, guess, just uh, keep doing Vegas. it. The, the Vegas right. doesn't deserve the, it. Just, it's like the Chargers. The Chargers aren't the LA Chargers. They're yeah, the same. Yeah, I know. Like, I'll get it right eventually, but they're San Diego as far as I'm concerned. Well, so I I feel like that, and, you know, I think Cam's feeling is higher than that. Um, but I think that's kind of the team. It's We all knew it was going to be a strong defense and a meh offense probably at best. Maybe like a huh offense, you know, like yeah. in yeah. descriptive noises, like where you go, oh, I didn't know. Maybe that's the guy. And every week somebody will come up and we'll go, hey, maybe like that's the guy. Maybe that's one of Belichick's little picks that he found out, you know, from some Division II school in right. Nebraska or something. And then that guy disappears and we never hear from him again. And he goes, you know, on IR or something. Uh, but I, I just um, – it's so it's so strange. It is closer to last year than um, I think most of us had hoped. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And and so that's you know. So we'll see. All right. Let's move forward. And I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer truthfully. And I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to give me an answer right away. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of nervous. Jimmy G or Cam Newton? Oh, Cam. Really? Yeah, I don't okay. know. I'm just not. A, yeah, I'm not. a. It's hard that because you so know why like Jimmy that G face. looks really good? <laughs> Jimmy G has George Kittle. Like that's if we if George Kittle was on the field, I think Cam Newton would look probably a lot I mean, better. Um, possibly true. But, you know, I would take George Kittle over both of them. Is that, is that an option? <laughs> No, it's not. No, it is not. No, I mean, so okay, this is, option C. This yeah, is I, oh, I mean, not a bad choice. I think George Kittle there, although he can't play quarterback, but not a bad choice. And we'll just take Stidham. So Stidham will be the quarterback. You'll take Kittle and Stidham. There you go. There's your answer. Megan's on yeah, our team. I there we go, Tags. We got yeah, and then we boom. could call them Skittle. We could make up a nickname for them. Like <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's a great. That's one. it. Marshawn I know. Lynch will, See, you know, we, we can bring him back. Happen. I love it. Uh, I love it. They would never let go of Kittle. I, I'm guessing that you guys are um, more in the Garoppolo camp. Well, so it's an interesting question, and so this is this is where where I want to go with it, you yeah, know, because that's that's a difficult question. I'm, you know, if you'd asked me last year, I mean, it'd be like, oh, Jimmy, and if you asked me the beginning of this year, it'd be Jimmy. But I haven't seen. I know he's hurt. The, the ankle sprain's definitely bothering him. It's it's his, you know, his drive foot. So. A lot of his power comes from there, his accuracy. So I don't think he's himself, um, but it's kind of crazy. We're talking about a guy that led his team to the Super Bowl and you know was up by 10 points, or his coach was, and blew it again with, what, like six and change left. Um, right. I, I don't know. I, 
It's hard. I, I think I'd have to go Cam, to be honest. This year, I'd have to go Cam. Just given the circumstances, I think um, I think a lot of quarterbacks would have a tough time uh, moving the football with this offense. So, so here's why it's relevant, right? It's relevant because Jimmy Garoppolo is due $27 million next year. And I think there's a good chance. It's not a guarantee, of course, but I think there's a good chance that San Francisco lets him go. And the reason why is because they they can basically walk away with almost no dead money. Now, if they think they can compete for a championship again, then maybe they bite the bullet and pay him. Joey Bosa is going to be up soon. I don't know when Bosa is going to be done, but he's going to be up fairly soon. So you got to pay him. You got to pay some guys, right? And so can they keep him? I don't know, right? I guess that's a question that that we're going to see, but if Jimmy G doesn't start playing to the level that he that they think or expect that he can be, they may not think he's worth that $27 million. So now Jimmy G might be a free agent next year. Cam Newton's on a one-year deal. He might be a free agent next year. So now the Patriots have to choose between Jimmy G, Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, throw his name in there. But like, you know, they have to choose, they have to choose between, realistically, right, between Cam and Jimmy. And, and I think that that's, it's an interesting question to look at to say, hey, like this guy could be available and might be the quarterback of the future for the Patriots next year. And of course, we don't know what we're going to see from Kim, but like, I think if they both right. play, maybe not up to their potential. We but also if they don't know if we'll make it to next year. Like, you know, I don't know. There's <laughs> a big election going up. There's this year. We don't know. Well, if they, we don't know. Let's if assume the world doesn't next end. Year. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's assume Assuming, the world doesn't. We'll yeah. <laughs> yes. Assuming the world doesn't end. Uh, or that, what, you what know, San Francisco doesn't like catch on fire through <laughs> some crazy forest fire out there. Certainly possible. I mean, it's all, listen, everything's on the table, but like, but let's pretend like none of those things happen. And, and then, you know, we're here playing football, hopefully with people in the stands uh, next year. And the Patriots have to choose between Jimmy G and Cam Newton. And you're saying Cam Newton, or you're saying Cam Newton now? Like, I don't know what I'm, I'm I curious. Yeah, I'm definitely saying Cam Newton now comparing the two. It is interesting because, I'm, it's no secret how Belichick feels about Jimmy G, but it's also much easier to say that when he's on the opposite coast doing stuff that's pretty irrelevant to you. And like I was saying to my friend the other day, the way that people get worked up about how he trying to compare how he talks about Jimmy versus Tom Brady is so crazy to me because this is the metaphor that I use, like the analogy is it's like if you're talking to a guy who just got divorced and it wasn't a bad divorce, but he was with his wife for 20 years. They have two kids, kids are in college, whatever. And then you talk to him about a girl that he dated before that. And they went on like three dates and then she had to move to California for a job or something. And it's like, yeah, he's going to be fair and say, you know, a lot of stuff went down in that marriage. Whereas the girl he went on three dates with and had a pretty good time, he's going to be like, oh, she's the best, you know? She's a great girl. She's really fun. You know, maybe I'll call her up again someday. It's just, like, <laughs> not comparable. So some of the stuff that he says about Jimmy, like, I think I just take with a grain of salt because it's like, yeah, it's not really relevant to you anymore. That's a good analogy. Very good analogy. <laughs> it's very true, too. I mean, you never saw it on the field. It's like, you know, it's like the same thing, right? He never had to deal with little kids running around and all this other crap. And it's like, you know, the 
the they never I mean, had to have guys, a conversation about money you know that's like, it, man. You, know, you guys don't know listen you guys you young kids you don't know you don't know all right i'm not much older than you guys but i get three little ones running around you guys don't know those conversations you don't know those <laughs> those days with the with the two with the kids I, I you always, know what i mean like i always tell pat it's like i call him at the worst times and he's running around and his kids are driving him nuts and he'll apologize and then he's like he's like there's actually no good time yeah there is no good time no every time is a bad time and i always say in 10 years because i'm 23 i'll be like i'll you'll be calling me and your kids will be you know in high school and getting ready for college and you'll just laugh and be like yep that was me 10 years ago and you dealt with it now i have to so that's our little joke but back to football um who who would you guys choose if it was if that was a possibility next year um, price tag want... is is price yeah, well involved Ooh, that's interesting too right that's interesting. I, but think now... cam, I think cam newton's gonna get if on the on the on the market i think cam newton will get more money than jimmy garoppolo so if i'm getting garoppolo if i can get garoppolo for like 15 million like get you know a year cap hit right like something you know incentive based but Cam's going out and he's getting 35 for similar deal of Bridgewater. I'm going to go Garoppolo, but same price tag. I'd probably go Cam. I'd go Cam. I think Jimmy's really injury but prone. Cam getting the money is also a big assumption because if we see the Cam that we saw last, you know, a couple of days ago, um, if we see a lot more of that this season, he's died multiple times. This is a business trip for him. And I believe that, you know, he's trying, yep. he's trying to keep his starting spot. Uh, whether that's here or somewhere else, I think probably more likely somewhere else, um, for better or worse, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But you know, they, well, it's it's probably too early to say, right, for this season. I would agree. I mean, if we see the the cam that we saw yesterday or on Sunday more often, then number one, he's going to get replaced by Stedham at some point in the year because you're going to say it's a lost season. So let's just see what the kid has before you know we end up with a with a top fifteen to twenty draft pick, and maybe have a chance at a quarterback. Let's just see what he's got. Like what the hell? Just throw him out there because we're not going to make the playoffs anyways. You know, maybe. But also, it makes your decision a lot easier, right? If Cam doesn't play well in the system, then you're like, well, if he's not that good anyways, what the hell are we doing bringing him back? You know, I think then it makes that decision easy. The the thing is, if they're both playing well. Look. Bill Belichick, we all we just talked about. It. You just talked about it too, Megan. Like he loves he loves him some Jimmy G, right? And the reports yeah. are, which I don't believe, but the reports are that I, I do believe he didn't want to trade him. I don't believe that Kraft made him right. trade him, but I do believe he didn't want to trade him. But he had to because he had no choice. He had Brady, right? He couldn't he couldn't trade Brady. I mean, that would have been insane. So you know, you hold on to Brady. He had to trade Jimmy G. I think if he has an opportunity to go out there and bring in Jimmy G and have him play in the system and finally have him be the quarterback. He would love that opportunity. Now, whether he gets that chance or not, whether Sam Fran says, you know, we'll rip up the contract and sign you to a new deal or we'll just cut or whatever the case may be. I don't know. But if he gets that chance, unless cam balls out the rest of the year, I look at it and just say, well, if he has a chance to sign Jimmy G, I don't know how he can pass up that opportunity to do so. And so I think he will, but Spags, like Spags said, man, the most important ability is availability. And he has been hurt far too often I mean, for even me. Even in two games here, he he, he missed with right. the shoulder, right? Like right. it's every year he's dealing with something. Yep. So Yeah, and, and the so Patriots, we'll I mean, 
as they are going along this season, they're not exactly, um, you know, made of, I don't know, they're, they're, they're a little bit delicate in terms sure. of the injuries that they're dealing with. So I don't think that they want to bring somebody in who's going to compound that. Although that's what we were kind of saying with Cam before the season with, oh, can he stay that's healthy? True. We didn't I think, think that we were going to worry they, about him staying healthy. They do such COVID, a great but. job um, with like protecting their quarterback, right? Like, and knock on wood, right? I mean, Brady was here for, you know, what was it, 19, 20 years, right? He never got hurt, and I think he was smart about it. I mean, Cam's been pretty smart sliding. He hasn't taken really any big hits, knock on wood, like I said. I think here they do a, a good job of making sure, because it's all rhythm and timing. They're getting the ball up much quicker than a lot of guys that, they can protect their guys. So I think you have a better chance of staying healthy here than most places, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, but it's there, also that's true. What, that was one thing that was scary about Sunday was because there was no rhythm and timing, you know, that and that true. one right. sack that right. he took that he completely did not see coming at all. I was like, oh, man, like that is how he's going to get, you know, that's how he's going to yeah. end up in the pop-up tent. It's stuff like that. Oh, and that's it. I mean, you see this, the play that Illuminor got hurt on, and now he's on IR. I mean, Cam just holds the ball and holds the ball and holds the ball and holds the ball. And Izzo, you know, released into the flat on that play because that's supposed to be the ball is out. So there's no way right. Izzo's releasing if he thinks Cam's still holding on to the ball, right? So so those are things. And again, maybe that's, that's, a, that's a practice thing, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, you also got to think about toughness too, right? Now, Tom Brady had the exact same injury that Jimmy G had in 2002 when he played through it. So now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the coaching staff said, we know what the injury is. We're not having you play through it because we don't want to ruin you. Or maybe Jimmy G said, I'm out of here after this year anyways. Like, I'm not playing through this injury, you know, for for a team that I'm never going to start for. Like, I don't know, right? We don't know the answer to those questions, of course. But, like, some guys play through injuries and some guys don't. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to judge the toughness level of of, of guys or not, but, like, there is something to be said for not missing a game. It's like you play through everything. It's just the way it is. You're hurt. You play anyways. It doesn't matter, you know? And some guys can do yeah. that and some guys can't, you know? And a lot of that, I think, is, you know, positional. Um, right. Certain positions you can play through a little bit more and other ones you can't really hide that injury. So. Yeah. No, for sure. No, that's true, too. So, all right. So, listen, we, got, we talked a lot of football. It is October, however. And so we do want to have. I saw the video on Twitter today, and I just thought it was hilarious. And so we need, I need, we need to talk about it a little bit. You, Megan, obviously are a reporter, so you're out, you're out and about all over the place, uh, filming things here and there. And uh, and I just thought it was, I thought the video today from Salem, uh, you at the haunted house, I thought was hilarious. So I just want you to talk about that a little bit, and just talk about like, wh- like how the heck did that even happen? Yeah, I and they so would look like, you're, like you were just terrible. Which one it was are you great. talking about? Great. Because I posted a couple of I've been on a really I've had a really weird week. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, I do cover the team for the Herald and then also join Tom Curran on Click Slam on NBC Sports Boston. But I also do a lot of news and features for the Herald. So this week I've just been on a series of super creepy stories like one of them and two two of them are running in the paper tomorrow. One of them was about gravestones that the city found that are like 400 years old and they have no idea which cemeteries they go in. So they put out like a tweet what? and we're like, why don't you tell us where these headstones go? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> it's Jesus. just so strange. 
And they're sitting in a, they're sitting, they said they were in the archives. I went and they're sitting in this large building in Boston and they're just like have sticky notes on them. And I'm like, this is bizarre. But then the other one, so today I went up to Salem and the mayor and the governor trying very hard to keep people from visiting Salem. Um, And I started interviewing somebody who worked at a haunted house. And then afterwards they insisted I go through the haunted house with my camera and microphone. And I turn around and my photographer just completely left. So I was alone and I was like, oh, okay, well, what is it like? And they were like, oh, we have a lot of families who come through here. And I was like, okay, great. And we started going through. And halfway through, I was just like, I was sweating. I was like, when is this going to end? Like, this is not family friendly. And the guy that was leading me through was like, oh, yeah, it's totally not family friendly. Oh, (laughs) my God, dude. He just straight up lied to me. That's brutal. Just try to get you in. He's like, hey, let's get her in there and scare the crap out of her. And oh, my God, man. What a mess. That's crazy. Yeah, he kept being like, I, he, I kept saying, like, okay, you go. Because I know that these things are, like, motion-triggered. It's crazy stuff, like dropping out of the ceiling. And I hate those, that jump scare stuff. And he's like, no, 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 you go first. And it's pitch black. And I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? This is a nightmare. And it's also, like, noon, <laughs> you know? So, like, outside, it's not even like it's nighttime or anything. I'm just inside this weird tunnel by myself. It was very carnivaly and super creepy oh my goodness what a uh what a story you must i mean you must have some wild stories from doing i mean you did a great job too i thought on your own and i don't know how much of it was on your own and how much of it was with a cameraman but you know out covering the protests in boston by yourself and doing i mean you did a great job doing those which i thought was really fantastic um you know over the over the whole quarantine and stuff so um well thank you, you. I mean, yeah it's like it's a crazy job but it's a fun job yeah so, all right. So, let, because it is October, you, 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 we talked a little bit off here. You're a horror movie fan. What's your favorite, your favorite horror movie to watch around this time? Oh, that is so tough. My favorite, like, fun movie because I'm a child of the '90s is Scream. I just oh. think it's it's just fun and it's super, you know, it's satirical and everything, um, and it feels like Halloween to me. It's, it's a movie that if I meet people and they haven't watched it before, which a surprising number of people I know my age haven't, because they're like, oh, yeah, Scream, like the mask, whatever. I'm like, oh, you got to watch it. It's, it's super fun, and it holds up. It does. Um, but Rich Keefe would love of, that. In terms of actually scary movies, I think that a sneaky one, because I don't think that slasher movies are scary. Um, have you guys seen Hereditary? I've seen nope. probably 15 movies in my life. That's probably... Okay. Like, I'm not kidding. That's Hereditary, the worst. He's like the worst movie yeah, person ever. Yeah, I just, I can't. Hereditary is the only scary movie, and I love scary movies. It's the only scary movie that I went to the theater to see it two years ago, and something happened like 35 minutes into the movie, and I just, like, the immediate thought I had was, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> like, I can't sit through the rest of this movie in this theater. Like, I want to melt into my chair. I'm Did so you leave? Scared. No. Did you no, leave or you stuck it out? Oh, you stuck it out. Right, no, I, I know, stuck I it know. out. But afterwards, walking home, I was just like, oh, my. I was like, again, I was like, palms were sweating. I was like, that was intense. Yeah. See, I haven't gotten the gumption. I haven't. 
to to do that one, man, because I can't like the messed up stuff. I just can't like it, it just it it like gets to me, and then I think about it, and I'm like I'm like sitting in bed like thinking about the scene, and I'm like, bro, I, I can't I can't do this. Whereas like you know like a like a, like you say a slasher film or whatever. Like I think Halloween is like maybe Love my the, like personal favorite. It's so good. Yeah. Like the first one's just so good. It's so well done. Like it's not over the top with Michael Myers, but at the same time, it's like suspenseful and like, it's just so well done. And like my favorite, I mean, my favorite is like, if I had to choose like my favorite ever, it's probably alien because aliens just like one of those movies for me. That's like, again, like the iconic, like I like the, the more like building the suspense than I do like the scary, but like the jump scares and stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm all, I'm all like a hundred percent out on those. And like the, the, yeah. the like the, the creep ones, like the, um, I think I was saying it before, like what are the ones with the, uh, with like with the, the conjuring. Uh... Yeah. Those ones, bro. Can't do it. Can't do it. I just can't. Like I even see the <laughs> the red face and I'm like, Nope, Nope. I'm out. I can't. No, I can't watch a preview. Like I just can't. Like I hate, just... I hate anything where it happens either in your bathroom or with a mirror oh. because those scenes right? I'm like, well, great. That's like the only place I'm completely alone. And <laughs> now I'm petrified to be in my shower, you know, that's it. That's it. Someone, a stand-up comedian said, he's like, the most vulnerable place ever. He's like, people say, like, you're sleeping. It's vulnerable. No, you're not vulnerable when you're sleeping. You're in the bathroom. Then you're just the most vulnerable place ever. He's like, if I get yeah, attacked like and I'm in the bathroom, nightmare... like, what do you do? I, mean, I guess I'm just dead, you know? like No, like, any time that somebody goes up to their bathroom mirror and it's fogged up and they go to, like, you know, <sighs> it's that or also the – there. I feel like there is um, always urban legends about, like, in your car – if you're driving alone in your car, and this might just be like a girl There's thing. like someone in the backseat or something. Like, yeah. 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 And that's something that I, now we're getting into like psychological stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, that's all it is. That, right? I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, but it's October. So it's fun to talk about that. As a matter of fact, it's funny. We're having a conversation in my house because my nine year old wants to watch Stranger Things and she like really wants to watch it. And my, and I'm like, sure, whatever, dude. Like, They've watched all the Avengers movies. They're like huge MCU. Like even my four-year-old loves the MCU. Like it's a PG-13. And like they watch uh, Psych, which is one of my favorite shows ever. And that's rated, you know, 14. Like it's not, I mean, it's not super inappropriate, but they make jokes and stuff, but the kids don't get it. It goes over their heads, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you can watch strange things you want. And my wife is like, no way. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like some people, it's not like, like I'm against, you know, to me, well, and this is like a whole nother conversation, but to me, there's like appropriateness and, and inappropriateness, right? I wouldn't let her watch a slasher flick because it's too much like blood and guts, but also like sex and stuff in it. Like that's not happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's just adult. Like, it's yeah. a little scary. It's a little scary. It's not that bad. You know, Stranger Things is like kids. So anyways, but we're getting off on like a huge tangent here. But like, I just think it's interesting where, you know, you, you find different, you know, different things. Some people are like, oh, that's appropriate. That's not appropriate, whatever. But it's like, it's kind of interesting, especially around this time of year where it's like some things are scary to people and other things aren't. And it's like some people really get into the season and are watching horror movies every night. And and so it's just it's it's interesting. It's an interesting time of year, you know, and I'm sure as a as someone in the news, I'm sure you're dealing with all sorts of crazy different things. You know? Yeah, but my DMs are a scary place. But otherwise, <laughs> I grew up with parents, the parents who were like when I was nine, they were like, oh, come over and, you know. Come over next to me. We're watching The Shining. Oh, baby. <laughs> like, come sit on the couch. And I was like, oh, what's right. this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you're good to go. All right. Well, hey, you know, that's yeah. the way it goes. Some people, some people like that. That's all. So, 
All right. Hey, listen, we got a little off track here, but we had some fun. And Megan, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been a great conversation. I've checked like 14 times to make sure we were recording. And we have been recording the whole time. So <laughs> the whole thing got recorded, which is great. Uh, but before awesome. we let you go. That's a win. That's it. That's a win, right? It's a win. So before we let you go, uh, just plug yourself. Tell us where we can, you know, see you, read you, hear you, and watch you, everything else, you know? Sure, yeah. So uh, catch any of my work at bostonherald.com or just in the paper itself. And then on Tuesdays at 6 p.m., uh, usually 6 p.m., especially now the Celtics are done, uh, mm-hmm. I'm on Quick Slants on NBC Sports Boston with Tom Curran. That's right. Yeah, and we talked about that. I mean, the uh, the co-hosts that for Quick Slants, I mean, they've made some big jumps. Kay Adams, Gerard Mayo. I'm no, not looking to jump anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy on Quick Slants. No, no, you, know. you know, I like no, jobs we know, where we yeah. can sit around and make, you know, ridiculous jokes. So That's great. You're in the right spot then with Curran, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, that's great. Well, thank you, Megan, so much. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and maybe we'll talk to you again some other time. Thank you, Megan. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.